When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up? It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com. Hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Welcome in. Do, 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 do. Okay, every Wednesday, it's the middle of the week, the middle of the day, the middle of the show. Okay, the middle of the day, the middle of the week, the middle of the show. We uh, like to play a little game. It's a way of bringing up something that's topical, something that's fun, something that's usually sports. Sometimes it's not. We call it the midway. Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for Stuck in the Middle. The Midway. The Midway. What do you got there, Jay? All right, so uh, the production meeting on text this morning went much uh, more smooth than I thought. You know, coming off of Max Struess's um, uh, buzzer beater last night, I'm thinking all of us have worked in the business and we were all fans. We all went to college and we must have seen a buzzer beater in in person. And what was it like and how cool was that? And I just want to talk about that. Um, another option I threw out there, which you guys didn't like, was what do you hate most about the NFL Combine? And it was really kind of my way to get off my beef about it, which is... People that will go on social media and be like, oh, man, such a laid-back atmosphere. The coaches are in a good mood. You know, the GMs are in a good mood. And it's just such a it's such a fun week to combine it. <laughs> That's such a humble brag. It's like I talk to people. I talk to people in the know, and I'm cool. It, it's just such a humble brag. But anyways, I don't want to get us off course here. Can, like- we, can we start this segment of the Midway with a – an actuality. They used to call them actuality. All right. This is Max Struess last night. 
you know what? I'm going to veto us starting out the, with the actuality. I don't think oh, we I should thought do Doug it. was going to just do the call himself, but oh no. well, that's fine. Max Stoltz, a boy Bang! Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! This place is going crazy! 121, 119, in one of the most incredible endings you will ever see. That was uh, that was Cavs Radio, Curtis. The Midway. Um, so who wants to go first? The the best buzzer beater you've ever seen in person. And I, I'm I'm I think I'm gonna win on this one. Big Mike, who runs the place, just walked into the. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Big Mike. Uh, you guys want me to go I, last? No, he doesn't have one. He doesn't you, have you one. You want to go last? You be- should go first. So your name's on the show. I mean, I was at the final four when Chris Jenkins hit the game winning shot to win the national championship. That's a humble brag. Yeah. I, it was not. I was working at the time, and and it was what was interesting was in Houston, and I was at CBS at the time. It was that uh, was actually my last year at CBS. Uh, it was actually my last duties. They say duty, duties at CBS, and um, I distinctly remember, right, <clears throat> knowing I had to get outside to the set, which was a good, I'm gonna say, thousand yards from the, uh, is it the NRG Stadium? That's right, NRG Stadium. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there and North Carolina calls time or they call timeout if North Carolina, people forget, threw in a crazy three-point shot, like a double double pump three-point shot. Marcus Page hit it. So it's a tie game, and I understand that could make it so that it's not the greatest shot ever or whatever, but to watch a guy hit a game-winning shot at the buzzer, like literally buzzer goes off, splash, national championship and then the replay of his head coach saying bang you know Jay Wright saying bang right when it went in amazing what do you got Dan Byer I'm going to throw some audio on mine I'm going to play it from my end here and because it's so dated the audio isn't great but let's see if you can decipher where this play was from here we are Raveling claims that Tech took a timeout that they shouldn't have and it should be a technical. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. Up. Forest shot. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. The holy mackerel. I know you guys remember where holy mackerel came from. I'm not. I'm not familiar. I don't know, Doug. Is it in your phone? Where you're you're looking at? I'm not sure. Maybe it's in there. <laughs> me out, dude. Just sell, sell me. Sell well, me it's out. your segment. You know, we're just playing the audio for it. No, so, okay. holy mackerel. Yeah, I love mackerel. By the way, do you guys know that I love mackerel sushi? No, I'm serious. It was, like, it, where's it from? It was from James Forrest in Georgia Tech, upsetting oh, number yeah, two yeah, yeah, USC yeah. and Harold Miner in the second round of the NCAA tournament. 
and the late, great Al McGuire on the call for CBS. They had .8 seconds left, and it was one of those highlights that they showed for at least a decade or two when they would do the montages of all the great shots. That was at the Bradley Center in Milwaukee. And, uh, yeah, James Forrest with .8 just taking a heave that knocked USC and Harold Miner out of the NCAA tournament. Mm. And why were you there? How old were you? What, what, I was a freshman in high school. So that was a 1992. It was a birthday gift from my mom. That me and my cousin and two other friends from uh, from school went down. We went to the Thursday games, and then we went. These were the Saturday games. It was uh, the greatest time because it was also the time where we loved college basketball uh, the most. It was just uh, magnificent. But this was the uh, yes, this is the NCAA tournament in 1992. Harold Miner was uh, his nickname was Baby George. Baby George. Baby Jordan. Yeah, that didn't the midway. It didn't work out on the pro level. Um, I'm going to go back up three or four years before yours, Dan. So, um, if you guys remember the 88-89 Running Rebels, okay, this was the year before Larry Johnson got there. Rebels. They were pretty damn good. Rebels. The Running Rebels had just completely dominated the Big West throughout the 80s. They were unbeatable, basically. But at Titan Gym in 1989... Wayne Williams hit close to like a half-court shot at the buzzer to beat UNLV. Um, 1989, so I was 17 years old. The greatest thing I've ever seen in person, I think, just because it was, you know, my local college, and it was the running Rebels, and it was just incredible. Um, I'll never forget that. So when I saw that buzzer beater last night, I thought, you know what? I want to talk about the buzzer beater that I witnessed. And that's it. Cal State Forward to 1989 over UNLV. Love it. I love that. I love that. Everybody the has a, UNLV was the team that everybody ran on the court against back then, right? Um, back PCAA before it was the Big West. Santa Barbara would beat them occasionally. Long Beach would beat them occasionally. Um, UCI would beat them occasionally. Nobody could beat them in the Big West or the PCAA tournament. So, I'm old school PCAA. Can you name the teams in the PCAA? Uh, was Pacific a part of that? Yes. Yeah. You see Irvine for sure. Pacific UOP, University of, of mm-hmm. the Pacific, right? Which is not anywhere near the Pacific. Very confusing. It's true. Um, UC Irvine. Um, I mean, your school? Fullerton. Yeah. Long UNLV. Beach. Yeah. Yeah. UNLV. Santa Barbara. It was Reno in there? No. Nope. You, nope. That was back when it was UNR, which is now University of Nevada. No. You had two more. Two more. In San Jose State? Yes. Yes. And? Fresno State? Fresno State. Wow. Yeah. Good job. Nice. Jason. Nicely done. Nicely done. Okay, now. You have any more, uh, by the way, Dan, Dan Byer? Uh, I've got a bunch. I don't know. Perfect. You've been to a bunch? I well, no, just I mean, just a bunch of buzzer beater. I mean, I'm, Mario, I, I like the one you've Mario, been there. Mario Chalmers, uh, 08 to force the overtime against Memphis. Yeah, was there? Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, that's a good one. What about you, Perfect? You you're at I, one. I do have one. I did not think I don't go to. I haven't been to a lot of games in person, but. I had to dig all the way back to my very early undergrad days where I was at Wake Forest. Now, I don't talk a lot about Wake Forest because my time there didn't go well, but 
I was there when Chris Paul was playing for Skip Procise. And oh, I was very Skip, into Demon Skip Deacon Prosser. basketball. Prosser. Prosser, excuse me. I'm late, the late Skip, Skip Prosser. But yeah, Sk- yes. But um, one time I did go on the road to watch the team in Durham against NC State. I don't know how I got there, but somehow I was there. And I think I have the uh, audio here for this. So this is Chris Paul in the final seconds of the RBC Center. Raleigh, Raleigh yeah. And a loose right back to Paul. Used the sprint for the finish by Tim Brando's great. Brando. Kind of a little bit of a fl- running floater to get that in just right at the buzzer. Uh, by the way, shout out to you mentioned uh, Tim Brando. I think yesterday was Brando's birthday. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 68. Uh, I work with Timmy B. Uh, and Timmy is a guy who he has the All About Me Club. Have I ever told you guys about this? When we were at CBS, he had the All About Me Club. And basically what it would do is like he'd work a long day. And then there's this bar down the street from the CBS Broadcast Center that he'd always gone to. And the guys all knew him. And basically, it was just like, unabashedly like, hey, just talk about yourself with each other. Catch catch up on life. It's all about me, baby. Right? It's great. <laughs> Timmy B's fun. And he's got his, he literally sounds the exact same now as he did then. That's a good one. That's a good the, one. I, there's, there's also a theme in a lot of this. Like, we did a lot of college hoops. Yeah. Because, you know, NBA buzzer beaters, so many games. But also, to go to a playoff game where there would be a buzzer beater would be uh, quite the ticket. I don't know if any of us I, are, are the hoop heads enough to uh, um, well, I mean, die with an NBA I playoff mean, run on a I team. I mean, like the, the, the Bulls and when John Paxson hit his three at the buzzer to beat the Suns, right? I remember that. Sure. Was that at the buzzer? But, um, it was near it. I don't know if it. I don't think it expired. There may have been some time left. I'll tell you what. What really. But sucks. you weren't there. You weren't at the game. No, I was right? not. The yeah, game. that's not the game. I, I have seen one outside of ba- basketball, but again, I wasn't at the game. But I remember watching it on TV, and it was of all things. It was I think the 2014 Frozen Four. It was Minnesota and North Dakota, and I don't know how it, how hard it is, but I did see that was a buzzer beater goal in ice hockey for Minnesota. Now that is off the board. I'm just saying, I just <laughs> remember is. watching it. <laughs> it Out of the box. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, that, oh, that, I forgot. I, I hit a buzzer beater once. Did you? Yeah. Tustin High School, Woodbridge High School. Woodbridge was probably our rival at the time. Uh, by the way, shout out to Steve Scoggins. Uh, his brother Brian and I were teammates. Steve played at UNLV. He's the coach at Woodbridge. They just won their first game in the state playoffs last year. First time since like 76 or something. Um, and then, you know, a mutual buddy, Adam Libby. Uh, Kyle, of course, works over at Fox Sports. Adam was uh, played at Woodbridge against me. Anyway, uh, we grew up playing the same travel team. Uh, Woodbridge High School, my sophomore year. Game is tied. Tustin Tiller Jim. Hey, go one-on-one, get to the free throw line. Shot fake, step through, floater, buzzer sounds, ball goes through the bucket. Coolest feeling. All right. Coolest feeling. I, you know, in talking, I didn't have any uh, whatsoever. But in 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 a neat one, and you'll remember this, Doug, um, when Northern Iowa upset Texas in the NCAA tournament, the half court shot was hit by Paul Jesperson, who was from my hometown. 
Mm. And so I and I was friends with with Paul's brother Jay. And so it was neat to see that, to see the NCAA tournament. My hometown again, we're nine, ten thousand people. We don't we don't produce pros or heck even D1 athletes. So Paul was was one of the best that we've had. Now he's on uh, Porter Moser's staff at sure. Oklahoma. Sure. But uh but yeah, so Paul hitting that, you know, in March Madness uh, on the couch was such a big win just for our, our small town to to see that. Now they blew the lead the next, you know, two days later against Texas A&M, but who cares about that? But the win against Texas on his half-court shot was pretty amazing. Ah, uh, and that is the midway. Send us your favorite half-court shot buzzer beater that you saw in person. You have to have seen it in person. In person. The Midway. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live edge doug Gottlieb show fox sports radio so uh mccall hardman you guys remember him remember he was a jet then was he traded or released buyer which, which was it he was traded to the to the chiefs yeah yes 
Yeah, they signed him as a free agent with the Jets. Wasn't working out. Traded back to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, won a Super Bowl, but did have a big fumble uh, in, in the Super Bowl. Here's McCall Hardman on the Pivot Podcast talking about the Jets. Going to the Jets, I seen the other side of where it's not where you want to be at. Y'all can't tell me about winning. I've been to four Super Bowls in five years. You know what I'm saying? I know what winning looks like. I know what winning is. So y'all keep telling me certain things. It's like I'm not going for that. Like, because y'all not doing it right. Like, we got hammers on the ground. We don't got no discipline. People feel like it's too many individual egos in this locker room or whatever. And I'm telling them, like, this not going to get y'all to win. It's not going to happen. Just got a new coach staff that came in, you know, and, like, it's no standard there. It's like everybody do what they want to do, and it's like whatever. Now, granted, the defense have a more of a stabilized standard with that with the coaching staff on that side. So you could tell the defense got a, a standard, but the offense is just like, all right, we'll just figure it out. It's Aaron's show. Mm-hmm. Let Aaron do what Aaron do, you know what I mean? But then when Aaron go down, it's like we don't know what to do. Yeah, that's not a really well-run team. And like I've said, there's a reason more so than who the quarterback is, why the thing hasn't worked. Why the thing hasn't worked. I've heard the same thing from a, a different kind of source that was basically like, hey, the defense is talented and the defensive, the, the head coach who's defense coordinator is good, but they take a lot of chances. They took a lot of trash and they're just not buttoned up. They're just some dudes that go out there and try and play football and make plays. And as much as you can blame Aaron, and it's fair, like would Aaron Rodgers have played for somebody that wouldn't turn the offense over to him? Probably not. On the other hand, it is on the management team to go, hey, look, you're here. Now you're going to do it our way. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. And a guy who I've worked with before at CBS, uh, an esteemed former colleague. And, of course, he played six seasons in the NFL, was Super Bowl champ with the Green Bay Packers, and was a superstar All-American at Notre Dame. Two-time All-American. He's Aaron Taylor. He joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. And, and Aaron, let me just, like, look, you and I have been doing the college thing for a long, long time. Um, when you watch how this thing has trended and gone, what's your reaction to the state of college football specifically? I'm sad at the inevitability of what's taking place in our sport. And I'm getting more concerned that it's, it's happening at a much quicker pace and accelerating seemingly towards professionalization. At the end of the day, 25 years from now, we'll still be watching college football. We're still going to enjoy it, but it's going to look very different than it has historically and even much more so than it is even right now. The 12-team playoff will go to 14 or 16 and and become an AFC-NFC-type model where the Blue Bloods, the richest of the rich, separate off, take their ball, create their own thing because that's where the most money is to be made. With all the changes and the concerns to the integrity of the sport, it's never been more popular. We're seeing record windfall uh, contracts being made. The Big Ten and my employer, CBS, being part of that. But that was noteworthy because you have three networks that overpaid for a piece of – or paid a premium anyway for content just to be a part of, of that deal. That's what we see in the NFL, the rising tide of interest of how good that product is in the Big Ten is worth paying that premium because you have to stay part of the deal. So that's going to extend to probably the SEC, even though they just started their deal with ESPN. And I'm not a business analyst. 
not in the sports business journal, but the business of the football business is now taking precedent in college. And that should be concerning for all of us who are purists of the sport. Okay. So you, you and I are kind of aligned and I'm, I'm probably guessing that like your thought on one of the reasons you went to Notre Dame, when you went to ND, you guys were uh, in the national championship conversation, right? Like this is a big time football program, but the, the sale on Notre Dame was always like, Hey, it's not just you get to play at the peak of the sport, but the connections with NBC, right? The Notre Dame Broadcasting Company back in yep. the day. Now, by the fight, <laughs> now the the AD at Notre Dame is a, used to run NBC Sports, um, and and but more than anything, like that, domers take care of domers, and that's what like to me college sports was about. Yeah, you can become a pro, but it's really about setting yourself up, creating a name, image, and likeness, so you can use it in business, so you don't really have to like hardcore work and grind the way that any other regular college student could. On the other hand, we both made a healthy living off broadcasting college sporting events. So how do you find the balance between trying to express to people why we were okay with the old system and why the new system just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right to us? Well, I I think we always want to defend or revere the system that we came up in. And the reason I chose Notre Dame over all others was the first thing that you mentioned. This is one of the reasons, not the most important reason, which was the NBC contract. They also played Stanford every other year at home. So I would play USC or Stanford and get to come home as a West Coast kid once per year. Every home game was televised. But the most important thing was that they graduated 97% of their players. College degree and being a college graduate was at the top of my list of the choices I made. Now, Notre Dame was two years off of a national championship in 1988. Lou Holtz's first and Notre Dame's last. So that had a lot to do with it because the trajectory was great. But the academic piece that's going to take less and less importance and less and less precedence that's already taking place with the online classes these kids are taking – the uh, the portal and being able to jump to two and three and sometimes four college. There's going to be a, a, a player this year that's in his ninth year of eligibility somehow because of all the medical red shirts and hardship years that he had on top of COVID. It just it doesn't become what it was. And the professionalization of that, it was tough going to the NFL for me as a 21-year-old with all of the things that that money and notoriety and the pressure brought with it So now we're asking kids that have compromised mental health already as it is because a lot of things that are going on, having to deal with much tougher environments, nobody's looking about that. Nobody's taking time to think about what are we going to do with that. We're just excited and all coked up on all the money that the industry is making, and there's always unintended consequences. So from my perspective, Doug, my concern is always about the players and being a player's advocate. But the flip side of that is these guys are making generational money, some of them, and guys that would probably not have a chance to play in the NFL are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is a hell of a head start as a college graduate, assuming that they got their degree. So you have to take the bad with some of the good, but I'd just like to see the powers that be spend a little bit more time on the holistic development of the players and the player care than they are about the contracts with the networks. But how? How? I mean, like, 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 look, nobody wants to hear this, but what yet it's not everybody says transfer portal. It's that you don't have to sit out a year. You can yeah, transfer it, multiple times. And, and, and these rules, by the way, were all agreed to all these schools that are fighting back and getting district judges to 
strike down the rules and, and TROs against these rules. They all voted for these rules. So, I, I mean, I don't know, to me, the, the easiest quick fix is you can transfer, but you got to sit out a year. It's your, it's your non-compete year, if you will. And I think that, to me, that would change and it would make the actual school, because now you can be a student. You go to four or five schools, like, what's your alma mater? What do you actually learn? You know, you're, everything is, like you said, everything is online. And I know the Notre Dame, they don't do the online classes, okay, which hurts them in the portal. But I, I just, I, I, I think that's the, e, it's the hardest but easiest quick fix. Well, I, I agree with you, but the problem is you're not thinking, you're just being logical. The problem with that line and rationale of thinking, Doug, is that that toothpaste is already out of the tube and the historical precedents that have always been steadfast yeah. that the NCAA has spent millions of dollars to uphold, tens of millions of dollars, are taking it on the chin with the most recent uh, ruling with Tennessee and Virginia probably being the final death blow where now NIL can basically be used for free agency and to incentivize players to come from school A to school B from a free agency standpoint. So I agree with you. That would help, but that's not going to solve. And because that toothpaste is already out of the tube, I think a holistic change is necessary. And I think having a czar or a commissioner who's on the hook for the powers that be and is looking out for the entire membership body of whatever this new thing is going to be is a critical next step moving forward because the individualism that has plagued college football that has allowed so many of the negative unintended consequences to take place will only get worse with more resources. So let's stop playing games about the professionalization of intercollegiate athletics. Let's call it what it is, figure out whether they're going to be employees or not, compensate them for playing in the playoffs so that they're incentivized to stay and let's professionalize this thing once and for all instead of tiptoeing around for optics reasons that this is the game that it was 40 years ago. Aaron Taylor's a great player at Notre Dame. He's a great player at Notre Dame. You know, he works CBS Sports. He's doing this now, Doug Gottlieb <laughs> show, Fox Sports Radio. I mean, he's an amazing football player. Um, that's, that's, my, that's my best coach, Holtz. Um, uh, okay, so how... How does Notre Dame, in your mind, fit into this? Like, what what does the landscape look like for your alma mater? Well, for our alma mater, it uh, it looks pretty good. Now, the deal, Notre Dame is never going to have home field advantage because of the way that the structure's been set up. But in Notre Dame's viewpoint, losing that ability to have a first-round buy is – part of the, the, the payment of preservation of their independence. And Notre Dame covets that. It's important. It's baked into the cake and the culture of what it is Notre Dame football and that program is supposed to be, which is why the Friends with Benefits arrangement with the ACC works so well. It gave them the optics and the benefit of playing a rotating schedule in the ACC, but it was friends with benefits. They didn't have a ring on the finger, which allowed them to preserve some of their robberies like USC and Navy, which is critical, and people that don't know, the Naval Academy basically rented out Notre Dame's campus to train during World War II, and had that not happened, Notre Dame would have been forced to close its doors because of the lack of enrollment. So Notre Dame, Navy's a sacred cow, so that game is never going anywhere, and part of the independence is to preserve that, and there's other reasons. But at the long story short, Notre Dame's problem 
has never been access. It's been able to compete and recruit on a consistent level, specifically at Pacific positions, being defensive backs, defensive linemen, being able to compete day in and day out at those positions at an elite level. That's been their challenge. Now, we all love Marcus Freeman. We love the way that this direction is going. Mike Dimbrock coming back on the offensive side gets a lot of us excited. But they're not where Georgia is. They're not where Alabama is. They're not, frankly, where Michigan and Ohio State have been. And if Notre Dame wants to compete and win the national championship, it's going to have to get better more quickly than it's done so far. But they'll have the opportunity to do that by being able to bring in transfers, which never happened in my era. It just didn't happen. Guys didn't leave, and they didn't come in. You went, you chose to stay there, maybe yourself excluded for the most part, but now we're seeing rapid changes. And Sam Hartman being added to the mix last year shows you how one player can completely change the trajectory but doesn't solve all the issues. Tell me what your involvement with future fans, what, what that's all about. Well, I'm all about promoting the sport of football, and Future Fans is an innovative way that reimagines how kids learn the sport by making it fun and easy and betting the rules and concepts, often in parallel and creative ways, in a storybook-led experience. So my daughter was never really about football because it always takes dad away, but getting the storybook out and reading the story that Future Fans presents and then playing the games that go alongside of it, like ring toss, as a way to have four chances to get a beanbag inside of a ring. And if I do, I get to advance. You get four more chances to throw another beanbag in the next ring. That's the way that we're introducing the concept of first downs and four tries for a first down. So it's created this really fun, collaborative way that we both enjoy to learn a sport when she's not even paying attention. So if there's any girl dads out there that are looking for an innovative way that's already won six toy awards since September, go to Amazon.com or FeatureFans.com and put in fans to get a 15% discount. You will not regret it if you go and check this out. It's a super creative way that's enhanced our story time. It's enhanced our playtime around the house without electronics. And fingers crossed, my daughter's going to continue to fall in love with the sport that's the greatest ever created. No offense to basketball. No, no offense is not taken. I love football. <laughs> I, 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 love, I, love, I love football. Uh, Aaron, you're the best, man. Um, drive safe when you're going to all those water polo events. I would love what you're doing at CBS Sports and look forward to talking to you in the very near future. Sounds good, brother. Enjoy. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Harold G, La Bichota, Cristina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know, I have a great, uh, Jay Stu brought up a great point that I, I agree to be true. So if you've been following, you've been following the Russell Wilson saga this week. You know, he went on a podcast. What's that podcast that Brandon Marshall call, called that uh, we just played a portion of? I Am of? Athlete. It's called yeah. I Am Athlete Podcast. And in it, he opined... I'd really like to stay in Denver. I'd like to win two more Super Bowls. You know, he went into full presentation mode. Right? Full presentation mode. Keeping in mind that this discussion, which was behind the scenes about his contract in the middle of the season, one, he's never actually been honest about. Well, I got a call from the team, and the team's like, we never called him. Now, did they communicate with the agent? Yes. They're not the first. They won't be the last. It's a contract. You want to stick with the team. You've got to adjust your contract. He's not the first one to do that. He's going to get a $39 million check to not play for the Broncos. But all this information came out to make Russell Wilson look like he was the victim. So where'd the information come from? Russell Wilson's camp. Have you noticed what's come out of Denver this week at the scouting combine? Well, you got George Patton, Payton, excuse me, George Payton and Sean Payton, no relation, both saying nobody's even called. Why would you say that? Why would you say that? I mean, because we all know, like, why would you call when you're, everyone knows he's going to be on the market. And then once you buy him out, then there'll be plenty of calls because they want to get him, they can get him for nothing. Right. You'd only say that if you want to do what people do, which is called FU. Oh, you want to leak information and make us out like we're a terribly run organization that's trying to be cheap and cut your wages? Mm, okay. Oh, who's called about trading for Russell Wilson, who's won a Super Bowl and previous to coming to Denver probably was on track to be a Hall of Famer? Nobody. Next question. Let's get to the press. The press. 
Danny B. Doug, quite the day for Xavier Babudar, a.k.a. Chief Saholic, pleading guilty today to felony charges including bank robbery and money laundering, faces up to 50 years in prison, has to pay more than $500,000 in restitution. This was Babudar's attorney, Matthew Merriman, with a statement following today's court proceedings. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chief's Kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's an all-timer, uh, right? It's it an all-timer. Is. It is. Like, dude, w- dude was a bank robber on the run. And he tries to make, like, these football references like, yeah, we want nothing to do with you, dude. Zero. Uh, I wish you would say, after further review, he's a good guy. But in the end, we'll find out July 10th what kind of punishment he will have to face. Any idea how a, a Chiefs super fan's going to do in prison with all those Raider fans? Well done. That is a good one. Can I end the press right there? That, honestly, can we, Perfect, don't you have a <laughs> rim shot for that one? Uh, I'll tell you what, I actually, I think I, I, I think that yeah. would have taken away for how good the joke was. Uh, that was uh, that was good stuff. Uh, yeah, the report card rankings. All right, you talked about it, Doug, at the top of the hour. The survey conducted by the NFL Players survey Association. Says, uh, survey says the Dolphins and Vikings are awesome. Commanders and Chiefs, not so much when it comes to playing conditions. Should be noted that Chiefs head coach Andy Reid voted the best coach in the league. They did win the title. Former Raiders coach Josh McDaniels got the worst grades. F minus was that what it was? F minus. <laughs> Do we have a lower letter than F? No. I think Andy Reid should have gotten the Ralphie a plus, 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 plus. Kansas has given head football coach Lance Leipold a new contract. It'll pay him more than $7 million, still going through the 2029 season, but about a $2 million per year raise for the Jayhawks head coach. Mm. Uh, The only thing about paying Lance Leipold Leipold $7 million and building a new stadium is not how you get more players. Need that money to get more players. And I mean, Leipold, obviously, he's done an incredible job. But if you want to keep it going, I would have taken four and have them put that other three, find a way to put that other three in the kitty for players. That's just me. According to odds placed on the next team or next city to get a major league baseball team sportsbetting.ag 
lists Nashville as the favorite at three to one. This does not take into account Las Vegas and the A's potential move there. Charlotte is second at four to one. Portland five to one. Salt Lake City six to one. And New Orleans eight to one. New Orleans? Yes. Really? I, it's what the odds say. Well, it may it's not a huge, happen, I mean, but. college baseball is huge there. Uh, but would that have to be in a dome, right? Because it's so hot. Oklahoma City's twenty-five to one. They have a minor league park there. Like it's going to be Nashville. What was the other one? Portland, Charlotte, Portland, Salt Lake City. Th- those are the legit ones. And that is the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Shortly after the show, the podcast drops. We got an hour podcast. Just type in Doug Gottlieb wherever you download podcasts, and you get a free hour of me. Unfiltered, unadulterated, uncensored. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Download that podcast. And oh, yeah, by the way, you get a pick of the day in college hoops. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.